0: Man, what a week. What an NBA trade deadline, the Friday before Super Bowl weekend. The big game on Sunday. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. For your plumbing needs and repairs, remember that New Works has a fix for you. And if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works is available 24-7. Just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. New Works Plumbing, locally owned for over 20 years. Remember, They've got a fix for you. Once again, that's NewWorksPlumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Calm. Well, the Kings rolled the dice, and I said this before the game on Wednesday night when DeMontis Sabonis made his Sacramento Kings debut. I love the move for Sacramento. Yes, you gave up a good player in Tyrese Halliburton. Yes, you gave up Buddy Heel, but Buddy was disgruntled, did not want to be in Sacktown anymore, and as far as Halliburton, yes, his future looks very good, but he's not an all-star. And Sabonis is an all-star. He is a two-time all-star. And in his debut, and yes, it's just one game, it gave a glimpse to the Kings fans of how special of a player that he truly is. You don't become good in the NBA with just good players. You become a playoff team when you have all-star players or an all-star player. Now I'm not suggesting the Kings are going to the playoffs this year but when you look to the future Sabonis is a very good start and if you can get a rejuvenated De'Aaron Fox and it certainly looked like that on Wednesday night maybe you've got something and then in the off season Monty McNair can add some shooters and whatever else that this team needs to gain respectability. Right now they've got a long way to go Yes, Sabonis is really good. Yes, Harrison Barnes is a good player. Yes, De'Aaron Fox has a lot of ability. He needs to learn how to shoot the ball better. But it is now a different-looking team. Maybe the pieces of this puzzle fit together. We know that the puzzle that the Kings had 72 hours ago did not fit. The pieces were disjointed. Buddy Hill didn't want to be here. Marvin Bagley did not want to be in Sacramento. And so Monte McNair obliged and he moved them. Only Tom will tell whether Halliburton turns out to be a star or not. Yes, he is a good player, but he has a ways to go before he gets into the same neighborhood as Sabonis. And isn't it amazing how one game, just one game, can take a fan base that has been so frustrated and so down for so long and their spirits are lifted after one forty eight-minute game. Isn't that mind-boggling? Think about that for a minute. A team that's near the bottom of the Western Conference makes a deal, comes out and beats Minnesota, and the new guy has 22 points, he has 14 rebounds, he has five assists, and everybody is like, wow, they're all excited again. Only in Sacramento can that happen. Well, there were a lot of other moves in the NBA and, of course, the Super Bowl on Sunday. Who better then Converse about those topics and more than Sean Salisbury. Grant Nate Pierre, Sean Salisbury, No Filter Network. Great to have everybody with us. What a wild day in the NBA. You got two disgruntled, unhappy, miserable all stars, right? I mean, that's what they are. James Harden. True. For true. true. I mean, look at what he did in Houston where you are to get to Brooklyn, and now he's bitching and moaning. He doesn't want to be there. So he goes to Philly. Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two number ones go to Brooklyn. I'm like, wow, Sean, it's a pretty wild day.
2: It is. I, I do believe, uh, first of all, good for the Nets. They got some, I mean, you yeah. know, if Simmons, in truth, you, if depending on the Kyrie situation, you get KD healthy, Curry can space the floor, right? Grant, I want to get your expertise because this is, yeah. I mean, you know, I love the NBA and I follow it closely and I love it, but. Uh, I we, we got to hear more from you on this as well. But you get a guy like that, and you really get in two things in Ben Simmons. You don't have to share the ball because Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot it, as we well know, whether it's a dunk or a layup. You don't want to shoot it. Or he can't when it's long range. But you get a Seth Curry spacer. Drummond's is a big body, right? You can use it, They a little physical and knock you around. And, and then you get the ability to space it. And then you get Ben Simmons on the defensive and He's one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. So he can do that, and he can get you the ball. He actually has some passing savant in him and maybe this will make him happy. So does this elevate his excitement? Hmm. We'll see. And on the other side, Harden leaves and man, I, I can't think of a guy who's been a 20 and 10 guy assists and scoring and one of the best players in the league. The back-to-back years doesn't one year, one year and gone for both. He leaves the Rockets in a matter of a year gone from another team that they expected to win the title. He's not winning the title in Philly either. I'll just let him know that now. So <laughs> while you get him in a course, he gives you more offensive punch than Simmons, yeah. and he'll be happy because Daryl Morey will roll out the red carpet for, for Harden. He always did, Grant. And here in Houston, it was it was James Harden and then the franchise, not the franchise that Dave James Harden. And I love Daryl. Daryl's always been good to me, but you know what you're getting, but you're still not getting an NBA championship. I am curious, and you can answer this, yep. and Embiid loves Seth Curry. That I do know. Yes. The, the relationship. How's this going to work, Grant? Because James still is not the number one guy. While he's a great
0: scorer, Embiid's your MVP guy right now. The other issue with Harden is his health. And again, we saw what happened last year at the end of the regular season. We saw what happened in the playoffs with his hamstring. He's not getting any younger. I mean, to me, he looks like he's overweight. He's sitting out games right now because, quote unquote, a tight hamstring. So that, that, to me, would be a concern as well. I'm with you 100%. They're not winning a championship in Philadelphia with James Harden. You asked about Seth Curry. I think Brooklyn will be perfect for him because the one thing that Seth Curry does very well, he is an elite perimeter shooter, okay? That's his strength. And on that team, okay, and and I love this fit, assuming that Ben Simmons, and again, we can't ignore this. Part of the reason for the issue in Philadelphia, according to his agent, Rich Paul, mental health issues, okay? Mental health hurdles. Now, we're going to find out, how real that is, how soon Simmons gets back on the floor. I'm like you. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health expert. So we'll leave that on the back burner for a minute. But I think that Ben Simmons, assuming, and this is a big assumption, that Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play in every game in the postseason if they make it. they got to make it. They've been on a big-time slide. If you have Irving healthy, you have Durant healthy, and now you have a Ben Simmons who you can say, I'm going to negate your best score. I've got a stopper. i got a legitimate stopper. So I can take your best offensive player and I can neutralize him. Now it's up to you to stop Irving and Durant. I wouldn't just bury the Brooklyn Nets just yet. You have Drummond who can add some force down low when they need him. You have a very good perimeter shooter. But if the key is Irving being able to play in every game, Durant being healthy, and now you add Simmons to take away your best score, do not. Do not count I, out the Nets just yet. I'm actually counting
2: them more in with Harden gone and Simmons in. And yeah. I, like we said, health comes into play in a lot of this. Kyrie ability to play all of this depending on his situation. KD's health, James Harden's hamstring, whatever. And the two with Harden and, and Simmons in their new places. And it's not I'm not talking about mental health. I'm just talking about to basketball. Is their overall buy-in commitment to the championship of winning, right? But as far as the setup goes, okay, so you may not get the same offensive punch. And Harden hadn't been shooting as well and scoring as well this year as he has in the past. So I'm not sure, While well, Harden's a better player than Seth Curry. But you still get a spacer who can knock down shots. The Currys know how to shoot, so this is a big thing. And then you get Drummond who could yeah, you, you think elite perimeter is any good in their family, and you get Drummond who beats you up a little bit and can force. But the key also, Grant, as you mentioned, is it's the equivalent of that great corner in the NFL. That's you correct. take that guy wherever he goes, we'll deal with the other 10. Here it's, you got him, we'll deal with the other four. And in truth, when KD's healthy and he's committed to, he's long and he's damn pretty damn good defender too when he wants to be, right? Yes. And then you've got the presence of a physical nasty body down low in Drummond who's got attitude. I'm telling you what, I had written the Brooklyn Nets off this year at this point with Harden, I'm not writing them off with this change. I think they, and then the two ones, I think one's protected and one isn't. I'm not writing them off right now. I I, I don't think this is a, and I also think you clear the disgruntled, get out, let's go. And hopefully it's new energy for Harden with Daryl Morey, which it will be. And it's new energy for Ben Simmons and hopefully mental health wise, which nobody should be joking about if that's the case. Then hopefully Ben Simmons gets that address because that's far more important than a game. But I think both teams got what they wanted, but I'm not writing Brooklyn off now. I think that I actually think that considering the disgruntled part of it, grand, you know better than I do. I don't think they got worse today. Let's just put it that way. As long no, as to
0: report. Yeah, they're eighth currently in the West. Uh they've they've run up at a bit of horrendous east. East streak. Yeah. You know, I mean the East, excuse me. You're right. Uh they've they lost, you know, nine in a row. I'll tell you what I have on my must-see list that I want that I'm now gonna root for. I'm gonna root for Brooklyn to play Philadelphia in the playoffs. Okay. Because I want to see Ben Simmons go back into Philadelphia with that crowd. Okay, because I'm gonna tell you right now, and again, you're right, it's no joking matter, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this tongue in cheek. If you have some mental health issues and you're Ben Simmons and you have to go back and play in Philadelphia in the playoffs, you know, good luck, really.
2: Because you know the best. I can answer. Them. The best is, is throw a triple double on their ass and then see what happens, right? They'd get back at it, town, right.
0: But you know Where, what I'm saying? You've been, you, I, you, know, you know what it's yes. like being in Philadelphia. I played in Philly
2: before, and uh, and and, 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 I, you, you, I, and I love the passion of the fans, Grant. I do. I think it's awesome. But yeah. if you're saying a heart, wrong place to go as a visitor if you can't handle <laughs> pressure, right? So we'll see. I yeah. hope Ben gets his stuff right. I'd love them all healthy because I like to see healthy runs in the second half of the season. But um, I think this had to happen. And I think the Nets, got Brooklyn got everything they wanted.
0: I was a little surprised the Lakers didn't do anything. You know, it's hard to believe the Lakers lost in Portland last night. Portland has been horrible. They're all basically cashing in the season. And the Lakers did not make a move. And you look at that team, Westbrook has been a disaster. You know, Anthony Davis, you know, has been hurt a lot. But you still have LeBron. And the fact is, they're probably as disappointed. You know, think about Brooklyn and you think about the Lakers and think about where they are in their respective conferences. I'm very surprised that the Lakers were idle today at the deadline.
2: Yeah. and, And I was thinking about this. Why would they be? If you're trying to make a run, and I know, listen, a lot of it also hinges on Davis's health, which is like a roller coaster, right? Yeah. I day to day, I we just don't know. But dysfunction, Westbrook. No offense, he, he Westbrook's clanking. She had Grant. He doesn't great athlete. I get it. He doesn't bring. He doesn't scare me one bit. As far as a team that has to play the Lakers with Russ Westbrook on that team, he doesn't. Nope. I respect all that Russ has done. But we taught Russ. Just to me, it feels like just a guy. Grant. He now he just does not his athletic ability, but he's capable of going out there and hanging thirty and 12, twelve rebounds. I get it. But they're few and far between now. And Russ can't shoot. Russ can attack the rim when he's at his best, right? That, and, and he's even missing. You know that that little kiss off the glass from twelve feet uh, using the backboard. Mm-hmm. He used. Hell, he's he's having trouble even sizing that damn thing up. So things aren't good in LA. And LeBron, when LeBron's talking like, oh, when Milwaukee boat raced him the other night, Grant, it is. That is the, that that was no joke. That's the distance between Milwaukee and the Lakers in two different conferences. That's oh, yeah. that. It's, that it's, and that's a distance. The Suns. That's a. They want no part of a few of those teams. I was. There's a few teams in the NBA that surprised me that they stood there and didn't – like I thought Eric Gordon was going to move from the Rockets to – I know that Utah was a possible contender until the Ingles contract situation. I, I, I was shocked that those teams that feel like they're on the cusp or waning and need it but have a superstar player didn't make a move, and the Lakers were one of them. You're 100% correct. The Lakers are not winning an NBA title any quicker than anybody else is uh, that, that, that is playing like they are. They got the star. They don't have enough right now. They're They're
0: fairly putrid. Talk about a guy that was at the very top of the mountain when he was in New York playing with the Knicks. Then he blew out his knee, gets traded to Dallas. Chris Porzingis. You know, the Mavs have been playing very well. They've climbed right back into the thick of things. They're currently fifth, two games out of fourth. They trade him to Washington for Spencer Dinwiddie. They unload a gigantic contract, another guy that is hurt all the time in Porzingis. So all of a sudden, the Mavs in midstream are, are going from the big two now to just Luca and a surrounding cast. It's going to be very interesting to see how this works out.
2: Yeah, I would have always loved, and we never really got it with Luca and Porzingis on a consistent basis because of Porzingis' injury. I would have loved to see New York's Porzingis in Dallas on a consistent basis with Luka Doncic. I really would have. I, because there was a time when we watched seven-foot Porzingis run the floor, Grant, that we are like, oh boy. Oh boy, this guy's a, that's a freak show, right? We'd never and just, seen anything like it. Agreed. Agree. I mean, hand, the handle and everything. Run the court like a like he's six foot four, right? Six two, mm-hmm. and what what he can do. I'm anxious to see now the next level for Luca, who can do it all. Is now do there ain't no secrets? This, you got the head coach is gone from that you wanted out. Carlisle yeah. Porzingis has cleared the way. It's your team and a great supporting. I mean, you know, with Denver, he's a good yeah. basketball, but they got yeah. some yeah. players surrounding him. How do you use it? And the great ones always do what, Grant? Elevate those guys that are not that guy, but those guys to another level. Dallas always is dangerous. I'm anxious to see where Doncic takes this team and, you know, add Dinwiddie, but they did got rid of all that money. And quite frankly, the Porzingis situation, they weren't going to win a title with him because you couldn't count on him on a daily basis because of the, the, the physical
0: health. Dallas needs to win a playoff series. Luke has not right. done that yet. In all fairness, he's only in his fourth year. This is something that I think is is very apparent in this day and age in the NBA. Ball dominant players are not easy to play with, and it takes a certain mindset and and a and a and a approach where you are going to be, for lack of a better term, a second fiddle and a role player. And there's so much ego in pro sports, particularly in the NBA. And I think you saw that in Houston with Harden. You know, they tried. They had Russ. They had Paul. It's not always easy. I think that's part of the problem with Luca, and it's a nice problem to have because the guy's multi-talented, but he takes a – I don't want to say special. Takes a person, a player with the right frame of mind and the right approach to really fit in with him because you know he's going to have the ball for most of the game.
2: There's no question about it. And, Grant, you mentioned the NBA. I know some people say, well, know your role. And it's easier for us to say, hey, understand, Luca's the star. But we have to understand who we're dealing with, professional athletes, and say, yeah – but before I got here, I was a pretty good star on another team or when I was in high school or when I was in college. Don't, don't don't discount that a guy five years into the league who was a star on his high school or college team that comes to the NBA thinks he wants to take a back seat all the time to just be an, a guy, even though it sounds, oh, he's a 16-point-a-game guy, right? They don't like hearing that either, no matter what you say. And it does. not only, And it also takes a coach that can manage that and massage it, understanding that, dude, when the game's on the line, that dude's – He's got the ball and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants with it. So be prepared. He may kick, you know, you know drive and kick. He may take it to the basket. He may take a three on a step back, whatever. And if you're, if you're a good team, you realize that he's a special talent, a special player. But for them to win, see, I always believe this. I don't believe in most cases, there are the aberrations, that one superstar that not only is ball dominant, but doesn't get others involved, can't win an NBA title. Correct. I also think that one superstar that does get out of this involved, that one superstar better be uh, a, 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 a LeBron James in his prime. I mean, off the charts, right? But you also better have those guys that can knock down three threes in a row when you can't, when, when they're not. Those yeah. guys have to be, because, uh, you know, nowadays we're talking, you give me two superstars with a great supporting cast. Now we're in the mix. Give me three if they can get together. Then you're going to win an NBA
0: title. But one of them's tough to do. Because if he's
2: having a bad night and they don't understand their
0: role, it's a hard win. Durant left Oklahoma City and Russ after they had been right on the cusp of knocking off the Warriors. They couldn't get it done. Game seven on their home floor. Durant then went to Golden State. You know, we know what happened. But again, he left. They had four of them. Yeah. But he left. Four of those guys. You know, he left to go to Brooklyn. Um, I just, again, it's not always as easy as it seems. And there's a lot of ego involved. All right. I want to switch to the NFL. I'm looking at this game on Sunday. I want to really pick your brain on this. I looked at the Bengals and what happened against Tennessee when that offensive line allowed nine sacks. But then I looked at how that offensive line played against Kansas City. But this defense is not Kansas City's defense. This front seven of the Rams is huge. Give me your thoughts on an extra week to prepare when you know that that's one of the real disadvantages for your team. I'm talking about it from Cincinnati's perspective getting ready for a game plan against that set front seven of the Rams.
2: How to approach protection is probably the thing they've been working on the most. Meaning we know if we block Aaron Donald with one dude, we are screwed. And at times you block Vaughn Miller with one dude, you may be screwed, right? Cause he's played big. I think he was an MVP in the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, and he's still got game. The two weeks gives you a chance to work on schemes. You're not, neither one of these guys is changing their offense, defense, head coach. They're gonna they're not gonna shit can their whole season and say, because this is what got them there, right? But the the two-week adjustment where you've got five or six different looks you want to give or protections, you want a little change up pitch on formations, so you can keep them off balance guessing. But when all when, when it's not cutting time, they'll go to their stuff they they've executed and they're good at, right? But to me, and it's a big I talked to Carson Palmer this morning, Grant, yep. and we were talking about this very thing. His biggest concern is how in the world are you going to contain that front seven because if Burrow, if there's that initial push and it, even if it's two or three or four sacks and one of those is on the ground, he's not going to be able to step out of every one of Aaron Donald's pushes back. So I think that physicality on the front, the biggest, the, the biggest microscope is going to be on the five guys for, for Cincinnati up front defending. They just are. And then the question is how are you going to protect it? Are you going to say, We're going to keep seven in when they're rushing five or six. We're going to run two or three-man routes. The rest of you, you're chipping and blocking. We're not risking that. And then you all of a sudden say, okay, well, how are the the Rams going to do it now? What if you do that and you drop seven? Are we going to chip and get out? So I think the understanding – I think that's the biggest key to the game is the interior of this game, Rams defense, Cincinnati Bengals offense. The sneaky part of this game is the Cincinnati front seven and the way they played the last couple weeks – Yes. And give power. They've done a great job, and, and nobody's talking about them. All we're talking about is the, the offensive line weaknesses for the Bengals. Can they? And then we're talking about how do you stop Cooper Cup? Is Matt Stafford a lot of – and Joe Burrow, and then the rest of the dudes aren't really getting talked about. Burrow and Chase, and then it's kind of the guys, right? And remember, they were only 10-7. They They've faced adversity. So I think the two keys are how do you control the big chunk play-passing game mm-hmm. for, the, for the Cincinnati defense, as I've mentioned – And how are you going to slide the line and what's your protection scheme going to be when you play against the Rams front seven? And can you prevent a defensive guy from taking over a game? Some offensive guy may, but if a defensive guy takes over the game in that front seven and it happens to be on the Rams and the Bengals or try to defend, I mean, to prevent that, it could be a, a
0: problem and you don't want any of those short fields. You made a good point there. There aren't enough. I don't think people are talking about Cincinnati's defense enough. I mean, in the playoffs, you know, they shut down the Raiders' offense, which is really good. We saw what they did against Tennessee. All right. That was a hell of a defensive performance. And think about this on the road in the AFC championship game, they took one of the best offenses, arguably the best offense in football, and they completely shut it down in the second half. Not enough people are giving that defense credit. The Cincinnati defense is really good. Really good, and I, I just think this is a really nice chess match. I know a lot of people aren't really giving Cincinnati that big of a chance. They're only four-and-a-half-point dogs. I think they got a really good chance to win this game, and I think the defense is going to put them right there in a position to do it. You are spot on.
2: Two things we're not talking enough about. I have been right. because I'm, I know where my lean is, too. I, the, people have great pride. Everybody, the public, everybody loves the Rams. I get it. Star power everywhere. It's at home. I, I completely get it. But can you imagine – now imagine if this was the Baltimore Ravens defense when they're in their prime or that – with what they did against the Raiders, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, who was the number one seed, and then go on the road and make Patrick Mahomes look like me at quarterback. You know, I mean, they – frigging the second half, they destroyed him. First half, one good. They adjusted, and Mahomes disappeared in the second. I mean, he was not – he didn't play – he'll admit it. That was as bad as you'll ever see Patrick play. And all we're talking about is Aaron Donald Von Miller and the Rams defense. And they've shut down Derek Carr, who's a pro bowl type player. They shut down Derek Henry, full fresh legs health. He rushed for 67 yards. Yeah. And they went in and shut down an offense that you, there ain't enough light bulbs on the board to hold the way they score in Kansas City. And now we're going against a Rams team who's ne- who, had, who Stafford's never been in this situation. I mean, they haven't won. I mean, it's been a long time other than I'm talking about. I know they played New England a couple years ago, but. This group that some of the key Beckham, uh, Stafford. There's been some guys who who this is new news to them, right? in Recent, especially, and at quarterback. So I listen. The key to this game may very well be Joe Mixon in the front and, and the defense for the Cincinnati Bengals. Honest to God, I, I if if we look up and they win, I know Burrow and Stafford are going to get theirs at some point. They'll. I don't think either guy is going to piss down his leg to the point that he's the reason, like four picks, and he looked like he was overwhelmed. There may be some times in the game. I think they're both too good. Tori, we come out of this and we're like, dude, could you see what that veteran – you know what I'm saying? I I think that they're too good for that and too accurate and too – they're really too well. But I can tell you this, Grant, if we come out of this and you look at Mixon's numbers and he's got like 25 touches, six catches, 18 rushes, 19 rushes for overall yards, 185 yards catching and receiving, and that defense – I'm just telling you, if the Cincinnati Bengals win, you might want to look, the the obvious is quarterback, but look to both of those categories and you'll say, oh, I see why.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress, we all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp. H-E-L-P dot slash grant. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. apply. I'll tell you something else Cincinnati's got. They got a kicker that's almost automatic from 57, 58 yards in in McPherson, and no one's talking about that. I mean, they wouldn't be here without him. And, you know, we don't ever talk about, I shouldn't say don't ever, but special teams always factors in. I just love that aspect from Cincinnati. This guy right now is just in a big time groove.
2: And he will get his chance to swing through a few Super Bowls. And a lot of times, Grant, for me, I always like to see in an early game, especially with two teams that, you know, while the Rams have been there recently in the last four years or so, two teams that. One's got pressure because they were supposed to be here. The other one hadn't sniffed anything like this in 35 years, right? And let alone winning playoff games with the Super Bowl. And to go into this, sometimes it takes a minute to get started, right? So, you, you know, like feeling each other out by the middle of the second quarter. You know, you're like trying to get through the hyperventilation. Like this is 100 million people, dude. We, we may, it may take 35 years to get our ass back here. So, you, you, you know, those things where you tra- you, you're back to you overthink the shit, right? You, you do. I've talked to guys, and even in playoff games that i played in, you start to create shit that's not there, and then you say, dude, take a deep breath. There's only 11 dudes on the defensive side, although it looks like 20 of them. You start tripping, right? And so once you settle in, I think the team that can settle in quicker, I'm going to tell you what can't happen, although I love the, both these quarterbacks' ability to throw you back into it and their fight, but you don't want to get to a point if you're Cincinnati where the Rams are 21 to 3, and then the defense, you change your game plan, and Donald and Von Miller get to tee off. that would not be a down. If you're within seven in the fourth quarter, no problem. Stay within. But you're in a chase mode where I'm talking about where you're a lap down at, at the Indy 500 or at the Daytona 500, and you're dropping back and throwing every down. Oh, no, no, no. no. You got to keep that game within eight to 10 points, and Burrow's right at home. He loves that shit, right? But if you're, if you're getting boat racing in the first half, the Rams are good enough to hand it off a few times and tee off on you and give you a touchdown once in a while but knock you in the mouth a bunch of times. Cincinnati must keep this within reason to
0: win the football game. Coin toss. I would defer in this game you, because of everything you just said. You have played in a lot of big games, both in college, you've been in playoff games. From an offensive perspective, yeah, you always feel like you're going to get the ball and you're going to score, you're going to score. But do you kind of like letting the game kind of set in a little bit before you took the field? I always,
2: my number one choice when I was at SC and I played in Minnesota and we had really good defense. Now, when you're going good sometimes, like your Tom Brady or something, so give me that damn ball because I'm going to post a seven to nothing score and you're already chasing me. And, and here, here we go again. But I have always been the defer guy. Because when I looked at our defenses, I wanted them to go out three and out, kick your ass, possibly get a turnover, or force a sack, and then they flip the field and punch to us. And my first possession is in our 48, yep. or their 45. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're already relaxed, right? And then you go down and score, and then it rolls into it. I always want that physical ass kicking by my defense first. I do. So I'm a guy that would always – I'm a defer guy, and then we go through it. And then – I'm hoping it's close and then I get the ball. Hell, if we got it at the end of the first half and then I get it to open the second half, I'm with you. Plus, I get a chance to watch my defense and I settle in while they're kicking ass, right? And then if the team goes and scores and you say, okay, shit, it's going to be one of those games, let's go. Let's let it rip and let's go. And and you even get a, a little freer. So I'm always a defer guy to my defense first. And if you're Cincinnati, the reason I'd do that, I'd want to send an early message to the, to the Rams. You don't get to do that shit here, buddy. Nobody's talking about us, but we're about to let you know that we're in this Super Bowl too. And I think that's important. I'd defer.
0: All right. I'm going to let you go first. Who are you picking on Sunday? Give me your pick.
2: I've, t- I've taking the Cincinnati Bengals. I am. I listen, I, I, the Rams have proven a lot to me about their toughness that I think we questioned wondering if they were cosmetic going and they, they've proved a lot. But, Grant, I don't know. Maybe it's the way I was raised. Maybe it's what I've been through. Ten and seven, you know, nine sacks. Mahomes kills you in the first half. All the things, you know, Zach Taylor's the understudy to Sean McVay. There's really no respect. People are like, Cincinnati? That's how, you know, all these things go on. And you got this quarterback sitting there saying, I expected my ass to be here. So come along for the ride, right? And I asked Palmer, and you'll love this. Two things real quick, Grant. I asked him about the Cincinnati Bengals' future. He goes, his biggest concern is not Joe Burrow. It's will the Cincinnati Bengals spend sixty monies in cap money, 60 million in cap money they have? Because he, he's worried that this is going to be a one-and-done because of all the, the cheapness of Mike Brown and that enjoy this while you can. And the, the Cincinnati Bengals franchise takes – not the fan base. The franchise takes a big sign and says, we made it to the Super Bowl. We can continue to do this. So you're not going to see a dominant – with Joe Burrow. you should be dominant for 10 years, right? Burn the that stadium one down. One They'll says. burn
0: the stadium down if they let Burrow about,
2: go. Right, because those fans love this, and they're great right. fans. I asked him because his brother Jordan Palmer trained Joe Burrow before the draft, and Jordan trains a lot of those guys, right? Puts them through their draft workouts. And I said, Carson, what would Jordan say if I never watched Joe Burrow? I said, describe in two sentences what I'm getting from this guy. He says, there is not a damn thing you can do. To, to bother him, not a, it doesn't, not a damn – he will not be sh- – by anything. And Grant going into the biggest game – and I, can't, I wanted it from Jordan Palmer, not Carson, because I know how Carson feels about it. And when a guy says that who didn't coach him during a game but coached him off the field in shorts and a T-shirt when he says – and we've seen it, but it was validated by saying there is not a thing that will, that will, that will get this guy bothered in a football – it ain't going to work. So with that in mind, I'm going Cincinnati Bengals in this as much as I – listen, how can I not root for Stafford what he's been through, right? Who doesn't? I love those stories. I think the Cincinnati Bengals win late. I think it's a 27-23 game. I think that that eight-point swing, they may be four-and-a-half-point dogs. I'd take them in the bet, and the public's all over the Rams, and I'm going to take them in the game because I just think they know what it's like to get kicked in the teeth a little bit more. I'm going Bengals – on what was what is going to end up being? An, I can't believe it season. It r- really. I yep. it's season, really. Yep. I got the Bengals. Burroughs seems like the obvious MVP,
0: but again, keep an eye on the running back and his impact in this game. I'm picking the Bengals too with the four and a half because I just think their defense is a lot better than people are getting giving them credit for, and I think they're going to be able to keep it close. So I'm going to go there too. One thing I want to talk about before we leave, and I love this today. Okay, the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, coming over from San Francisco. And I absolutely love the way he answered the questions about his race. He's biracial. And I love what he said. He said, you know, this is really weird for me. I look at myself as a human being. I applaud that. You know what? Good for you, coach. Good for you. You look at yourself as a human being, not white, not black. Not this, not that. And I really thought he handled that very well. And everything that we're dealing with today in diversity and the lawsuit by Brian Flores. And again, I'm not naive. I understand that the NFL has got some issues. All right. And if you don't think so, then, then people that are watching this are naive, but I just love his answer. Hey, I look at myself. I'm a human being. Mike
2: McDaniel plans on going to Miami and proving he's a great football coach, not because the color of his skin. Right. Which is a novel. And if, be proud of your heritage and your background and your culture and where you came from. But guess what's not winning games on Saturday or Sunday or Friday or Thursday or Monday? It ain't going to matter if you don't prepare right, if you're white, black or any other color. <laughs> if you're not prepared, you get your ass kicked. Nobody cares about color on the field. So we got to start <laughs> learning not to care about color off the field when we're interviewing them. And Mike McDaniels, he, he's exactly right, man. He's a human. He bleeds the same way we do. Now he's going to go coach him up. I think they, let me tell you what, Grant, you're going to find out about him if you don't yet, and I think you probably do. This is one of the better, just pure football minds. Just, I'm just talking about the way he works, his mind. There's not five guys in this league football. I'm talking about that, that with the inner workings of his football IQ and his IQ, period, is. Is it's different, dude. I'm just telling the key for him is he's so smart and he beat you know, kind of think leech in a different way, you know. Like sometimes like, what the hell is this dude saying? But you know he's saying something smart? That's Mike. And and I think that he's gonna be really good. And I love the I love his approach. You're exactly right. He's approaching it the right way. Hey, let's just go play football. I'm a human being, let's 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 let let's let it rip and, and go from there. So gonna be fun to watch, man. I hope we get a Super Bowl game that's matched the playoffs as well.
0: Always great when we can hear from Sean Salisbury, as that was from yesterday on No Filter Network. I love that guy. I really do. I love his passion and his thoughts and his willingness to help out others. Just have the utmost respect for Sean Salisbury. Time now for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe... I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Cameron wants to know who wins the Super Bowl. I just gave you my pick. You heard. I'm rooting for Cincinnati, and, well, I'm going to pick them. Keith says, did you catch the MLB is not testing for PEDs right now. What is Major League Baseball doing right now, Keith? What a mess, huh? What an absolute mess. Josh asks, is Gronk serious when he says he's interested in joining the Bengals? That's a great question. That is a fabulous question. He certainly looks like he's got football left in his body, if that's what he wants to do. And could you imagine him on the field with Burrow? That would be unbelievable. Blake wants to know, what is going on with Kyler Murray? You know what, Blake? That is a great question. Do you know that through the first 10 to 12 weeks of the season, Murray was being talked about as the MVP of the league, and then it fell apart, and he was absolutely horrendous in the playoff game against the Rams. Just absolutely awful. Then we see his social media account. Was he deleting stuff from the Cardinals? I I don't really know what's going on, but there were two different Kyler Murrays this year. That is for darn sure. Bryce wants to know, do you like the Kings trade? I've been very open about this. I did a rant. I've done my shows on Listen app that you can listen to weekday afternoons at 3 o'clock. I love the trade. I called it from the moment it happened. I thought it was really, really good. Brian asked, are the 76ers or Nets the winners of the Harden-Simmons trade? I don't even think it's close. I think the Nets, you know, not only do they get Simmons, and again, once he gets his head on straight, I think he'll be perfect for that team. You end up getting a very good shooter in Curry. You get Andre Drummond, and you get two first-round picks. I don't even think it's close. I I think the Nets stole this deal. Absolutely stole the deal. Andre asked, did this NBA trade deadline not disappoint? No, it was one of the better ones. It was one of the better ones. Colin asked, Was the Kings Pacers or Blazers Pelicans a better trade? You know what, Colin? Time will tell. Too early to say right now, but I love the trade for Sacramento. Jake asked, Is Porzingis too injury prone to have been worth trading for? In my opinion, yes. Good question. And makes a ton of money. Jerry asked, Do you like the idea of MLB switching to a universal DH? I do, and I think it should have been done. Years ago. Trevor asked, did the Kings get enough back for Bagley? Yeah. I mean, they weren't gonna sign him in the offseason, restricted free agent, get something for him. Uh listen, if DeVin Chinzo can get healthy and get that ankle right, he's a much better player than Marvin Bagley. Jake asked, favorite Super Bowl snack. You know what, Jake? I'm just not a big snack guy, so it really wouldn't matter to me. I'm not dodging your question. I don't really have a favorite Super Bowl snack. Sorry about that, buddy. Does wall for Westbrook make sense for the Lakers? Martin asked. Obviously, Martin, the trade deadline has passed. No. No. Does not make sense. Corey wants to know who won the Joe Ingalls trade. We'll find that out in the near future. Colin asked, Do you think it was smart for the Blazers to trade McCullum? Listen, he was there for a long time with Dame. They only got so far, they're going in a different direction time will tell again why not. Ben wants to know will Levy Smith be successful in Houston? Probably not but it won't be because of his coaching ability or lack thereof they just don't have the talent, they need to figure out what is going to happen with Deshaun Watson you know, that whole scenario what are they going to get for him, Uh, but that team has got a long way to go long way to go. As always, we really appreciate the questions from Crowd Ultra.
1: It's time for Rant Rant. Rant.
0: And today's rant is brought to you by the home theater company audio video and home theater just go online home theatercompany.com so the kings make the trade with the indiana pacers and on the show jalen and jacoby i don't know if i could ever imagine anything as embarrassing especially for jalen rose who is on a national stage as it relates to the nba His commentary was baffling to me. He was praising Buddy Heald as if Buddy was like Clay Thompson and then said the Kings had made a bad move because Sabonis is a free agent at the end of this year. Seriously, Jalen? Really? Do you ever watch the Kings play? Have you watched Buddy play in the last two years? I mean, you're making it sound like the guy is an all-star. And then really? Sabonis' deal is up at the end of this year and he's a free agent? You're a guy that is on the network stage of the NBA and you're making those kind of mistakes? And then your partner, Jacoby, has the absolute audacity to say that the NBA should have stepped in and nixed the trade because it was so one-sided and so unfair. Do these guys know anything about the NBA? Do they know anything about the NBA? Seriously, do they know anything about the NBA? Do they ever watch the Kings play? Do they know anything? Absolutely embarrassing. Jalen and Jacoby, seriously, you have a that type of a platform and you're throwing out misinformation? Have no idea what the hell you're talking about? Freaking embarrassing with a capital E. And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Enjoy Super Bowl weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Make it a good one. And thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier.